1: Welcome to On Boys, real talk about parenting, teaching, and reaching tomorrow's men. We're your co-hosts, Jennifer L.W. Fink of BuildingBoys.net and Janet Allison of BoysAlive.com.
0: Once again, we are doing a listener Q&A. This is when our listeners ask us questions and Jen and I answer them without much preparation, just kind of off the top of our heads. And it is always enlightening and fun to have these episodes. Jen, what questions do you have? One
1: of your Boys Alive group members asks, how can I interest a teen boy in becoming a good world citizen? Oh, That is a great question. It is a challenging question, and it's really one that I struggle with all the time over here. For me, the key words in this question are, how can I interest a teen boy in? And from my point of view, it really doesn't matter a whole lot what those other words are because trying to get a teen boy interested in something is extremely challenging. Yes. Trying to get him interested in something you think he should be interested in typically doesn't go very well. Mm -hmm. It is so much easier to follow their lead. And so... Even though this is ultimately something I'm working towards, I would like my boys to become good world citizens, I have to meet them where they're at, which means listening to their viewpoints on things that are going on in the country, in the globe, politically and otherwise. I don't always agree with their viewpoints, but if I tell them what to think, that's a recipe for failure. Becoming a good world citizen also means, um, from what I see, me sharing my experiences with the world and my thoughts as we have those conversations, encouraging them to explore, supporting them if they have the opportunity to explore, and talking about what what you think it means to be a good world citizen, because first of all, your definition of that and his could be very different.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What are your thoughts? I'm dying to hear what you think. I went to the
0: place of our listeners who don't have teens. It starts early, and it starts, you know, starts locally and then gets globally. So it's that interest in community service, and it starts with, "Hey, can I go help the neighbor take their garbage cans out?" and that kind of, of awareness and service. And then I truly believe that travel is the way to become a good global citizen. You know, we don't, we are so in our bubble in America and we don't often hear foreign languages. I was sitting on the bus yesterday and there was a French family that were obviously not from, you know, they had their travel guide and everything. And and so being able to experience different cultures outside of America, and I know we have tons of cultures here, but there is that place where you come into yourself in a whole different way if you are standing on a street corner in France. And I totally recognize that travel is is a huge um, financial cost. But there's also, you know, there's exchange programs. Having an exchange student in your home is a, a way to expand your global vision. So there's kind of that whole piece. If that's an interest in your family you may not be into traveling and that's okay too but to just kind of be open to experiences like that
1: and i just want to add even if you don't have the resources to travel globally at this point in time make it a point to seek out other experiences in your community in your state in your country Um, Go places where there are people from different backgrounds. Experiment with different foods. Um, Listen to different languages. I live in a very small, not very diverse community. So I have tried to make it a point to take my kids to larger cities so that they are in places where they randomly hear other languages and realize that, yeah, that's part of the world too.
0: Yeah, well, and look for festivals. Next week we yes. have a Zimbabwean music festival in a little tiny town in Oregon, which is like what? That's that's odd. Yeah, but wow! And so look for opportunities like that. That you, and you aren't going to approach it as you know. I want you to be a good global citizen, so we're going to go to this music festival, right? You know, it's like hey, we're going to go check this out, and if hey, we're going to go get some food. I'm buying that
1: will work with teen boys. There you go. Right? Yeah.
0: And the other thing that you said about listening to their opinions about events and news, listen without judgment and also know that their opinion may change tomorrow. So don't be worried if they have an opinion that is like really different than yours and maybe a little not mainstream, it's okay. Don't worry. It will likely change There, you know, teens are so much trying on different personas, different ideas. Do I believe this? Do I believe that? And so recognize that whatever he's so adamant about today may change by next
1: week. That listening without judgment part, even with everything you said, is so hard because all of us as parents, and this is true whether we have teenagers or young ones, there is this part of us that we feel like what our kids think, say, and how they act is a referendum or a scorecard on our parenting. So it's almost like we hear our kids say something and we immediately go to, oh my God, I have failed as a parent. And it's hard to rein that in. I know you talk to parents about that all the time. I work on that with myself because as you said, the reality is these children are growing and changing. Yeah, They aren't finished yet. We're not finished yet. So definitely if you need to talk about it with friends, journal it out, uh, whatever you need to do to process your feelings, try and take those deep breaths and just listen and not express your judgment to your son anyway.
0: Good advice. Easy to give, hard to live. Definitely, but I hope that helps our listener who asked about helping your teen become a good global citizen.
1: Let's go to a younger age group. I had uh, somebody on Twitter ask me, what do you say to boys who say they're the best at you know whatever the conversation is about. And she says that she has heard this from multiple, like, you know, seven, eight, nine-year-old boys. There's this constant, she used the word bragging, one-upping. And I shared with her on Twitter that when my kids were younger, I really thought that this whole, yeah, well, my dad can. Yeah, well, I can. My dad I thought that that was kind of like an urban legend. That was something that everybody talked about, but it was, it was definitely surely exaggerated. This didn't possibly exist in real life. And then I drove a group of six-year-old boys on a school field trip. And I very quickly realized that, yeah, that is exactly what goes on. What do you say, Janet? How do you handle that? It's
0: definitely more a boy thing. It's the posturing. It's working to figure out your place in the world, your place in your social group. How do I fit in? And I think part of it too, I'm thinking of the study that was done about how boys tend to overestimate their abilities. Yes. Girls tend to underestimate their abilities. And I wonder if we can find that somewhere. Cause that's, I think it was around maybe math I'm not sure. You no, know,
1: and it may have been done in a couple different realms now. I will dig and see what I can find if we can put a link in our show notes. But that is one of those things where it, there may be biological reasons for that. There are definitely social reasons for that. In the moment, it really doesn't matter the why boys tend to do that. The fact is they're doing it. Mm-hmm. And the response, I would say,
0: is like mm, that, that wonderful parenting phrase that's just like,
1: huh, that was exactly where my head went. The more I've been around boys, the more I realize I really personally don't need to deal with this. Huh. It's pretty much it because as you said, it's a lot of posturing. And so what the boys are doing is they're sort of experimenting and they're trying to see how do their peers respond to that? You know, they could never tell you that, well, I am putting this out there to see what my peers really think about me, but that's kind of <laughs> what's going on here. And I have found that it's a lot better if I stay out of it and let that process happen. Yeah,
0: I think about it as like verbally. You know how boys will boys will show their muscles, yeah, their biceps. Like, oh, i have got these big biceps. It's kind of like verbally doing that of just mm-hmm. like, hey, I got I got these muscles and and checking each other's muscles out and it's kind of it's that and you don't have to engage
1: and it is a stage for the most part it's right around that age and by the time they become 12 they're not doing that anymore mm-hmm. it's almost like by that point they've learned that Uh, yeah. So if I say I'm the best at whatever, I am totally going to get slammed. And so I'm not going to say that, but there's this point earlier in employee development where they're all saying that and they're all learning.
0: Yeah. Don't engage. And if it does trigger you, then that's the place where you have to look at why does it trigger you? And you know, what is, maybe it was your brother who was always doing that when you were kids and it, I mean, who knows? But really, you have our permission to walk away. Maybe you left something in the car and you need to run out and get it and just separate yourself from the conversation.
1: Or you need to turn up the radio if you're driving and sing along while they continue their who's best at back there. (laughs) I may have used that technique.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you sound like a pro at that, Jen. So I hope that helps. I hope that helps our listener.
1: We got another question and this is perennial and something that you and I both like to talk about. Jackie asks about how do we help people understand that there are differences between boys and girls and that it is okay to recognize that there are needs that most boys have that aren't necessarily the same as girls and she said she's referring especially to you know in the school setting and during play. And her comment was I think we are so often focused on saying that you know girls can do anything that boys can do that we forget the boys have needs too. Yeah, Jackie, I hear
0: you I hear you loud and clear. There is a place I, I immediately went to the recent um, admittance of girls into Boy Scouts. And my dad was a professional boy scout, so I have a lot of feelings about that. And it is this place where girls do get the message that they can do anything, be anything, dress any way they want to. And granted, there is some policing of boys by other boys, absolutely, that will um, keep them from straying too far from the pack. Unfortunately, that's the boy code that we talk about. But to recognize you know we each person is different and we talk a lot about boy differences, girl differences, yeah, and every single one of us is different. So recognizing that but but it does it does tend to fall into these groupings and boys, tend to be need to be more active in the school day. And that's not to say that girls don't need to be active also, and not to say that it isn't good for girls to be active, whether they choose to be or not. And so it's looking at, rather than looking at equality, it's looking at equity. How are we meeting the needs of girls? How are we meeting the needs of boys? And those needs, some are the same and some are different. And I tell you, I mean, this is my soapbox and I know it's yours. It's like we need to wake up and pay attention to what the needs of our boys are and how they are being met and not being met.
1: This is a question that's perennial and it's frustrating for me. And I know it is for you too, right? Like, I have now had boys for 20 years and every new crop of parents is running into this. And we're saying, hey, this isn't working for my son. This school system as built is leaving a lot of boys behind. And the unfortunate thing right now is that it almost seems like there are many people not willing to listen to that or hear that. And as a woman, I understand this whole, that women and girls weren't allowed to do things for so long and we need to pay attention to their needs. I understand all of that. And we do need to make some structural shifts in how we handle things. But, and my actual male children that are living right now I'm not okay with their needs not being met in the present because of things that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. So in order for these issues to get attention, I think that we parents of boys need to talk about it. We need to talk about it with other parents of boys and we need to keep bringing it to the forefront and we can, and you and I both do work for equity for boys, girls, males, females, everybody in between. I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, And then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month that is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash That's armoire.style, A R M O I R E, dot style slash to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try armoire today. We all know that vitamins can help fill nutritional gaps in our diet. But a lot of us don't like to take vitamins because we don't like swallowing pills. How do you feel about that, Janet? There's some days
0: that I look at my vitamins and go, yeah, I should take those. I'll do it later. But I'll tell you what's changed. I have gotten Easy Melt Vitamins. I have the D3 and I have the B12s and a multivitamin and I just pop them in my mouth and they dissolve and I don't have to think about swallowing a vitamin.
1: And you don't necessarily need water either to have on hand to get this big vitamin now. Yeah,
0: no. And they taste good and they're sugar-free. They melt quickly. The reason they melt is because of plants. Not chemicals.
1: Ah, plant-based nutrition. For a limited time only, you can receive a free, free three-month supply of Easy Melts Vitamin D3 with your first purchase. To claim your free D3, visit try.easymelts.com slash onboys. That's try try dot E-Z-M-E-L-T-S dot com forward slash on boys. We can talk about how to best meet the needs of human beings and how to best meet the needs of boys does not mean that we don't care about what happens to girls. We care deeply about what happens to girls. So it's a delicate conversation to have. There are people who won't want to listen Keep talking anyway.
0: Yeah, there's. Um, I, I always am reminded of this mom who heard me give my my boys alive talk, and she had maybe a two or three year old at that time, but she had a daughter, and she said, "You know, I. I mean, it was interesting, but yeah, I wasn't. You know, just wasn't that compelling." And then she came back to hear me about five years later, <laughs> and she came up to me at the end, and she said, "She said, you know, I get it." I have a little boy now, and now I get it. I did not get it before. And so, you know, it it was a little bit of humble pie and an apology.
1: You know, because we all see the world through our own lens and our own experience. And I don't know about you, and I can't believe I don't know this about you. Have you been watching The Handmaid's Tale on Hulu at all? I just read
0: the book. I decided I really didn't want to watch the show, but I did just read the book.
1: You just read the book. I'm a little I'm, shocked. That am you I just late read to the book.
0: book? I'm late to the party. Hey, but, but wait! Okay. I, hey, wait, wait! I saw Margaret Atwood at a coffee shop on Peely Island last summer.
1: Oh, now uh, who's bragging in one up in to set up one up? So apparently, women do this thing as well. All I'm saying is, I watched uh, this week's episode as we're recording. It's, uh, it was the episode that originally aired on um, Wednesday, July 31st. And in this fictional world, Gilead, a lot of things um, are not ideal. I'll leave it at that. And in the episode I just saw, some of the male creators of this world admitted privately that there were some things they failed to consider. And one of those things was mental health. And one of those things was maternal love. And as women, we're all like, how can you miss those things? But you see what you see, what your experience is. And so, you know, that's what you were sharing with this this mom who, when she had a girl and had a little boy, she did not realize that all of these obstacles existed. For boys in the world. Yeah. I didn't realize it until I had boys. And this is why it is so valuable when we share our stories with others. This is why it's important because you can't see what's not part of your experience.
0: Yeah. And I will put a plug in there for boys of color and, You know, we, you and I are white middle-aged women, and we can't know what the experience is for moms of color, parenting boys of color, and yet we look at the studies, we talk to the people, and we know that, you know, even more, we need to start talking about and paying attention to the inequities that our boys of color are facing most of who are
1: being taught by white women. And And this is why it is so important to listen to those boys, to listen to their families, and to not negate what they're telling you. Mm -hmm. If they're saying that this experience isn't working or this experience is harming me or this experience is hurtful to me, listen to that. Mm -hmm. We have to listen to each other's stories and respect that. And that episode that I watched last night is when I watched it. To me, it again underscored the value of inclusion and diversity of voices. Because you know what, Mr. Uh, Founders of Gilead, if you'd maybe bothered to include a couple of women, they could have told you straight off that you were missing some pretty important things, but you didn't care. And now here's where you're at. And if anybody (laughs) wants to um, talk about The Handmaid's Tale, look me up on Twitter, at JLWF. I'd be happy to continue the discussion. I guess I'm going to have to do more than read the book, huh? No, the book is fantastic. It's it totally great. up to you. And you and I can talk about this privately later if you want to watch the series or not, but it's okay. very thoughtful.
0: Uh, okay. Well, you know, you you brought us kind of around full circle, Jen, with listening and how important it is to listen to that teen <laughs> boy who's talking about, you know, what his opinion is today and what it will be tomorrow and listening to our well, listening to our boys posturing, and maybe you don't have to listen so much there, but to see what's underneath that. And then listening, listening to your boys, what is their experience? And
1: I want to know what the next question on the list is. And oh, this is, is, is why there another I'm one? Laughing. Yeah, I was doing a great wrap up here. You were doing a great wrap up, but your segue and your through thread is so good that we have to squeeze this one in. And I know this one's from one of my brothers who is currently parenting boys. And so he kind of means it in jest, but I also know he really means it. And his question, Janet, is why won't they listen? Ah, oh, he turned the tables, huh? Yes. to listen to them and they won't listen to us. Ah! Exactly. <laughs> and I know that, you know, it's, it's one of those things where it kind of, kids don't listen. That's their job. But also... We can share some very specific boy information here, can't we? Yes, we can. How old are his boys? I'm just curious. Um, his son is
0: uh oh no, 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 don't seven-ish. answer that. I don't want to put Auntie on the spot here. Yeah, I
1: know. I have a big family, Janet. So he's I, he's seven-ish. She just finished like first grade. Yeah.
0: Why don't boys? Listen. And that's not to say that girls don't listen either, but boys can be so enveloped in their own world. And I'm going to say, dear parents, how many times do you repeat yourselves? How many times do you yell from the kitchen into the living room where he's engaged in something? And man, that is just white noise. He is not, just his ears are not tuned to that physical space he's, he's engaged in whatever is right in front of him right now. It could be the Legos or whatever it is. So the big key to have him listen, or at least acknowledge that he heard words come out of your mouth is to go to (laughs) him and be in physical proximity with him, you know, pat on the shoulder, little elbow clink or something that there's a physical connection. And Hey, did you, dinner's in five minutes, you need to set the table, whatever it is. But yelling that from the kitchen into the living room or upstairs, ineffective, you're just making yourself crazy.
1: Yeah. And there are some biological reasons why boys don't appear to listen as well as girls. Their hearing is not as acute as girls. So boys literally may not hear you and moms sadly this especially applies to us the the pitch of our voice doesn't resonate for them in the same way a deep voice does so one thing you can try instead of getting more shrill and high pitched when you get upset as our voices naturally do is to try to bring it down try to bring it down and talk more slowly and deeply I don't know if you noticed this. I noticed it as soon as I had little babies, but they would respond to a daddy voice. They would just stop and pay attention to daddy voice. You can use that to your benefit sometimes. So there's that part of it. There's also the fact that a lot of boys do have ADHD. A lot of boys do struggle with paying attention. So it's not like they're purposefully trying to not listen or not do what we're saying. This is an issue for them that they need to work on. And we as parents and teachers have to work on with them. We have to understand where they're at, what's possible and how we can set them up for success rather than failure. Yeah. As we, we talked about, when boys feel like they're going to fail, they don't bother trying. No. No.
0: And this is, this applies in the classroom, but you can also think about this in the context of home is that boys tend to not be able to discern, should I pay attention to that? Or should I pay attention to that? Or should I be paying attention to that? Mm. So it's like you have to, so thinking about biologically, they, the male was attuned to paying attention to the movement. To what Movement. didn't fit. So if you want his attention, again, that's going to him physically, or it's you know a, having a bigger gesture, a lower voice, and and I don't know whether you know this or not. I, I'm guessing you do, but around age eleven or that growth spurt, there is actually a period of time where his hearing is markedly changed, so and it has to do with the the rapid growth of the inner ear. so there's a t- period of time, and I'll try to find that that that's like a paragraph, but there's a period of time where he actually really can't hear because of the changes in his physical body.
1: It's so uh, refreshing and heartening to hear those things because basically as a parent what that says is the problem's not me the problem's not my kid this is just something that happens as part of kids growing mm-hmm. and the other thing that i like to add when we're talking about you know why won't boys just listen for whatever reason biology is part of it socialization is part of it boys on the whole are very much trial and error learners they want to figure it out themselves. So you can tell them 8 million times why, you know, climbing up that might not be the best idea or why they might want to try a different approach. They're going to do it anyway. They just are. And so we have all this wisdom inside of us that we want to share with our kids. We want our 20 year olds to not make the same painful mistakes that we made when we were 20. We want to help them get to the next stage easier. They're going to try. They're going to, they need to experiment. So unfortunately we don't have any easy answers on how to make them listen, but I hope that sharing this insight into why it may be difficult and reorienting your own expectations. I hope that will be helpful for parents. Now is time for a brilliant wrap up. Again, bottom line, listening is key.
0: That means also slowing yourself down enough that you are available when he is ready to share, which is likely not a convenient time for you. And bottom line, we're looking at deepening your connection with all the other human beings in your world. And I hope and and we hope that this has been helpful.
1: Thank you for connecting with us and sharing your lives with us. I know we both truly believe that together we can make this world a better place for our boys and for all of us. Thanks for joining us. We are Jennifer L.W. Fink and Janet Allison, and we are here to support you in parenting and teaching tomorrow's men. Sick of being upsold at gyms?